A few clients have brought this up in coaching calls in the last week or two, and they've asked me, Sean, how do I deal with a difficult client? For business owners, and particularly when you have a small team, a difficult client can really rock the boat. It's not cut and dry, and you can't run around resigning Peter clients. That's pain in the ass, by the way. Because they possibly bring in a good chunk of revenue. On the flip side, they could be hurting your team and creating a horrid working environment. How you handle the situation reflects on your leadership. Hey, I'm Sean, and this is the Growth Code Podcast, helping you to create more revenue, profit, and freedom in your business. I'll be sharing the ideas, knowledge, and tools I've gathered over a career of helping businesses thrive. So welcome, agencies, consultants, and service-based business owners. Let's create that seven-figure business that loves you back. If my clients are asking this question, then maybe you are too. So I wanted to record this podcast and hopefully give you some relief from those difficult clients. First of all, I want to say that no one should tolerate someone being rude, nasty, or making your team miserable. Life is too short, and when we let go of something negative, it creates space for something better to come along, and I really do believe that. Now, I remember back in my agency days, I went to my then account director for help. I had a difficult client who was rude, and I had a very thick skin, not one to cry, but this client got me so worked up, I remember sitting in the staircase in tears. I'll never forget that this account director simply said to me, don't let the bastards grind you down. He basically told me to suck it up buttercup and get on with it because they're an important client. That really pissed me off and it showed his leadership style was profits over people. I resigned not long after that, but 20 years later, don't let the bastards grind you down is still imprinted on my hippocampus. So let's get into this episode so I can share some strategies for dealing with difficult clients and we can also look at when to resign a client. It is worth first of all defining what difficult means. In my client analysis matrix, I talk about ideal clients, best buyers, squeaky wheels and tough nuts. Squeaky wheels need the most oil, they're bad clients, they're profitable, but they may be not difficult Tough nuts are question marks. They're maybe not going to grow your business, but again, might not be difficult. I'll put a link to the client matrix for you to refer back to because these clients are a great source of learning and there's some great stuff on client retention in there too. But going back to difficult clients, these are people who increase stress. They make out-of-scope demands. Maybe they expect out-of-hours responses. They're unreasonable rude, dismissive, awkward. You can fill in the blanks. So let's talk about how to deal with these difficult clients. First of all, what makes them tick? I'm going to reference the six human needs, the core needs that drive our decisions and ultimately our behavior. Understanding these will help you understand why you and your clients do the things that we do. I learned these from Tony Robbins and I acknowledge and credit his content for these and I'll put a link to where you can read more on the Tony Robbins blog. Okay, in a very short summary, the six human needs. Number one, certainty. Assurance that you can avoid pain and gain pleasure. Uncertainty or variety. The need for change, new stimuli. Significance. Feeling important, special, needed. Connection and love. 
that's with others, team, and having close relationships. Growth, expansion of capacity, capability, understanding, and finally, contribution, a sense of service, focus on helping, giving, and supporting. Depending on how you prioritize the basic needs and whether they are being met or not being met will have a great impact on behaviors, whether it's conscious or subconscious. So I want you to approach the situation with your client and really try and understand what's making them tick, which one of these six human needs is driving their behavior and try to approach it with genuine interest and curiosity. If you can look at things from their perspective, do they have valid concerns? I know it's really difficult, but as you're being curious, try not to get defensive. By the fact that we're talking about difficult clients, I am going to make an assumption that they maybe have a high need for significance. If they don't feel seen, heard, feel important and validated, they could very well be acting out, which is the difficult behavior that you're seeing. But when you can understand what makes your client tick, you can adapt your communications and your approach to suit. Sometimes that's not easy because we're busy and we're not mind readers. But I really do encourage you to explore this further as it'll help you not only with difficult clients, but with other clients, team and relationships. The quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. That's a quote from Esther Perel. Okay, so we don't all have time to become armchair psychologists, so let's move on. The next strategy or the next way of dealing with difficult clients is just to say it how it is. You know, very often people act and do irrational things when they're stressed, triggered, or there's something deeper going on. It's never an excuse to treat you or your team badly, of course, but there could be something going on. When something is off, it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel good. Sometimes we just have to name the elephant in the room. Opening the conversation will allow you to dig and find out what's really going on with your client. You can't change or fix something if you don't know what it is. So sometimes you simply have to say it how it is and call it out. You can arm yourself and your team with phrases to get your client to open up. If they're being dismissive, not paying attention in a meeting, they're saying one thing and doing another. Here are some examples. You could say, client, I've noticed that there's friction here. Can we explore that? Let's realign with your expectations. Client, we're getting off track. Could we take a moment? I want to understand where you're coming from. What's your biggest concern? What do you need right now to feel more certain? These phrases and others could be useful in your arsenal. And being the person who can take a deep breath, count to 10 and open the conversation will feel really good. I've had clients be really difficult. And when I cracked at the nut, I've often found that they were experiencing really stressful events, sometimes in their personal lives. And they really didn't realize that they were being so awful. That's all well and good, but sometimes it takes a more formal approach. Before we get into the third strategy for dealing with difficult clients, a very quick word from our sponsor. If I may very briefly introduce our sponsor. Now, I never recommend something that I don't use personally, so I was over the moon when practice got in touch to sponsor the growth code. 
Imagine having everything you need to smoothly run your coaching or consultancy business all in one place. Invoicing, client notes, actions, even scheduling. Plus there's a chat function to effortlessly stay connected with clients wherever you are. The thing I love most about it, apart from being the hardest working member of my team, is its simplicity. Less is more, and this tool gives me loads more time to focus on my clients. That's practice with a C for clients, and I will put a link in the show notes. Okay, so back to dealing with difficult clients. Sometimes we just have to reset. Things get to a certain point, and a full frontal squaring up is required. You can renegotiate or you can walk away. It's totally possible to turn things around though, and I believe that. A reset starts with a full and frank conversation. In life, we sometimes, and other people, like difficult clients, base our success on whether or not we're winning or losing. But that means somebody else is failing, and that's just a zero-sum game. If it's okay, I'd like to share a very brief story I had a client back in my agency days, a multi-six-figure retainer client. They knew they were our biggest. They knew that they were really important to us. They were unbelievably driven to get things done, but also awful to my team. One day, after watching the Slack channel going nuts, bitching about this client, I stormed into the studio, called the client on the phone while I was standing in the middle of the open plan office and fired the client there and then. I then asked my team if they're happy now and to come up with ways to replace the revenue that we just lost. I am not proud. This was not my finest hour. But this was a lose-lose situation. That client came back to me four days later, realizing that they were hooped without us. We did a reset, including a price increase, and I ended up going to their wedding, and we're still good friends to this day. I still regret how I handled that situation, but if you walk away from a client, it's a lose-lose. You lose revenue, the client loses a team who knows their business and has to find a new agency or service provider. That's going to cost time and no doubt a lot more money. So what if we take a different approach? Because life and business can be cooperative, collaborative, and it doesn't have to be so competitive. We need to create a win-win outcome. I highly recommend Stephen Covey's win-win approach. It's habit number four in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He talks about a win-win, not as a strategy, but more of a philosophy. What we're looking for is a frame of mind. We're looking for mutual benefit in all interactions. Now, this isn't easy, And Stephen Covey says, we have to create a belief that it's not your way or my way, but a higher way. I love his win-win or no-deal framework, but I also like to think of it as a win-win-win. In other words, your client, you, and your team all feel good about it and you're committed to an action plan that's going to review, reset, and refocus the relationship. Maybe it's a renewal of vows, if you like. So how do you go about creating the action plan? Well, first of all, it starts by getting real. You want to write down all the obstacles and issues with this client. What are all the possible barriers from creating a win-win-win outcome? Next, you and your team need to write down explicitly what you think a good situation or solution is for everyone. 
Make three columns on a flip chart or grab post-it notes and workshop it out. Do whatever it takes to get a clear vision of what a good outcome looks like. And then finally, you're going to have to ask your difficult client to come to a reset meeting. Don't ambush them, but ask them if they're willing to come to communicate openly about their needs and to go deeper and deeper until we know exactly what a mutually beneficial relationship looks like. The thing that I would like to say is to answer the question of when it is time to let them go, because if the disrespect and their behavior is inappropriate, abusive, sexist, racist, or any of those things, then it's an absolute no-brainer. No one should ever tolerate abuse, no matter how much revenue they may bring in. That's actually just triggered a memory. So just going off script for a moment, I remember a client, a very difficult client, but it was a really good project. I tolerated him putting his hand on my knee in meetings and I just put up with his slightly sexist approaches towards me. But then he did something that was so awful. He said something really racist in a meeting, my open plan office with all of my team in earshot. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I did have a very diverse team. I stood up and with some vigor, my chair actually flew backwards. I fired that client there and then on the spot. Now he was a past middle-aged, middle-class white man. He was so stunned But after clambering his things together and leaving, I actually had a standing ovation from my team. I'm not saying this to big myself up, but this was the moment that I decided people over profits. But anyway, back to letting go of difficult clients. If their unrealistic expectations are repeatedly draining your team, they're only heading for burnout. So it's time for that client to hit the road. If your difficult client consistently delays payment, disputes invoices, violates your terms and conditions, it's time to cash in the chips. If your difficult client fails to listen to your team and your advice and then throws a fit when they don't get the results that they wanted, that can damage your reputation, so it's time to send them packing. Your time and your energy is really all that you have. And you get to decide how to spend that time and energy. And remember, we get to decide our way to a better business and life. On a closing note, I just want to say that if this difficult client makes up for more than 20% of your revenue, if at all possible, try to have a strategy to replace that revenue so that you are ready and confident to pull the pin. High five. Thank you for listening to the Growth Code podcast with me, Sean Lanigan. If you're ready to crack the growth code for your agency or consultancy business, then DM me on social media, the word growth, or email hello at workwithshawn.co.uk. Let's see how I can help you navigate this wonderful, crazy journey of being a business owner and pave your path to permanent profits.